summery and ready for the sun today. Well, it is like 80 degrees here on this lovely November afternoon. God, right? And yet we have indoor activities at center stage. Some play going to go to. Always. Yes. I'm very excited about Amelie coming up from Out of the Box Theater Company. Yeah, let's talk to Sam Eve about Amelie. She's the artistic director of Out of the Box and is also playing the titular role. Hmm. All right. Here we go. Anna, do you ever feel just full of dread and loathing for the world? Mm. Yes. I feel that yes. way frequently. Uh-huh. But you know what makes me feel better? Um, Whimsical musical fantasy. <gasps> yes. So coming up, we have Amelie. Gnomes. And on the p- Gnomes. <gasps> no place like gnome. Yeah. So on the pod, we have Sam Eve, who's hey. bringing us Amelie. Welcome. What's up? Welcome back to the pod. Friends of the pod. <laughs> Friends of the pod. Friends of the pod. That sounds so, really dark. Like, it's kind of sci-fi. That's our cult. That's our purge cult. <laughs> that's our purge cult. Friends of the pod. You get to do whatever you want. It happens three hours to the minute after. What happens in the pod stays in the pod. <laughs> in the pod sphere. In the pod sphere. Okay, so let's get like the nitty gritty out of the way first. When's this happening? What is it? Where is it going to be? That's smart because otherwise I feel like we're just going to go it's off gonna on a million tangents. It's going to spiral into nowhere. And yeah. Okay. So Amelie the Musical, it's amazing. You may have seen the movie. It's on Netflix. If you haven't seen the movie, I mean, you are really behind. You better get on that because it came out in like the early 2000s. Yeah. But it is a French film. It's amazing. They've turned it into a musical. We are performing it at Center Stage Theater November 9th through the 18th. And that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday for two weekends. Friday, Saturday is at 8 o'clock. Sunday is at 2 p.m. For those of you that don't want to stay out late. Um, and yeah, to reach the box office to buy tickets, you can visit our website at www.outoftheboxtheater.org. And that's T-H-E-A-T-R-E because it's the art and not the location. And then also you can call Center Stage Theater's box office at 805 0408. So Sam, um, why did you pick Amelie of all the musicals you could pick? Funny enough, Maggie actually had a really big part in that. Um, yeah, we had taken a girls' road trip. Road trip. Um, it was Maggie and April Rosedahl and I, and we uh, we went to Joshua Tree in Palm Springs, and we were in the car, and we were in Joshua Tree actually sitting, and we had this like old. It was one of those really old like vintage fire pit sort of. Like oven, like a fire. I don't even know what would what, you call that. Like I would a, call that a pot-bellied stove. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we Is had that a term. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we were drinking canned wine, and we were hanging oh. out by the fire, like you do, <laughs> like you Image do. Ruined. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> we had just spent the afternoon at a uh, Pappy and Harriet's, and that was really fun. We had a ton of barbecue and. A lot of like tequila cocktails. It was and a really delicious road trip. I it have was, to say. Yeah, we we planned out the food really well. That mm-hmm. savory oatmeal in Palm Springs mm. was. And so how did Maggie get you? Yes, thank you. (laughs) As we get distracted. We were talking about shows that Out of the Box has done and what I'm looking at for the future and the kind of shows that I've been considering. And Maggie says, well, you know, if you do Amelie, you have to play Amelie. And I was like, I I don't know. It's not really high on my list right now. And like I had seen it at Berkeley Rep and I really enjoyed it, but I just wasn't sure that it was out of the box enough for Out of the Box. And I actually – Tell me what that means to you. Well – I feel like it's a story that a lot of people know because of the film. And the story, 
I don't know. It's not especially edgy. And sometimes I feel like, and it's not, it's true that we shouldn't try to be edgy. If it happens, it happens. But we sh- when you start focusing too much on like trying to pick stuff that's going to offend or upset or challenge, right. then it, it's a fine line. And so it's a sto- it's a really entertaining story, but it's it's not like bloody bloody Andrew Jackson or super political or anything like yeah. that. And I, it has music is fairly standard yeah, for like contemporary, contemporary musical, musical theater. theater. Yeah. It's not like and punk so rock or anything. She had said this and I was like, you know what? Actually, maybe I should take a look at that script again and listen to that music again. And so I did. And I was like, wow, this is actually really, really good. Like it, I guess time had passed and you know, you sort of forget about things and you're like, oh no, that's not really right for us. But as soon as I listened to it and I read the script, I'm like, this is absolutely right for us. It's perfect for us right now. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a weird coincidence, but Nathan Tyson, who's a lyricist, I actually worked with when I worked at Little Maestros in New York singing for babies and toddlers, zero to five. We did music classes. And he um, he's done a couple of really great shows, and Amelie is one of them. And so I, it had always been on my radar, but having that conversation with Maggie actually kind of inspired me to look into it again. And I realized, wow, this is – I felt like that immediate, that click, yeah, that connection yeah, to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, what kind of challenges has Amelie brought that some of the other musicals haven't? Um, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff props in the show. Yeah, props and set pieces and stuff. things that need to like. There's like a lot of locations and mm. and and moving pieces and things that Center Stage is a small theater and we've performed there since we started in 2010. This is our ninth season, which is kind of crazy. But And we've been there since then, and we love that space, but there's not a lot of space in the wings and offstage for for all of these pieces that we're sort of now like, oh, we need like 20 different pieces that we're going to wheel in and take yeah. offstage. We need a bicycle. We need two carousel horses. Uh-oh. We need a grocery store cart. We need like <laughs> yeah. all of these random things that sort of create yeah. the spaces. And so mm-hmm. we've had to be kind of clever with that and find places to hide Things. You had to create your own wings. Yeah, yeah, stage. yeah. And also um, find different ways to interpret the change in space. And so yeah. we'll be using projections and also just in the, in the pieces that we've built. I mean, there's a carousel and it's hard. I mean, we can't bring in a carousel. So we've had to come up with some kind of clever interpretations to create that space mm-hmm. in the smaller theater. Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't want to bring on a carousel either. No, you know? I kind of like the challenge, in all yeah. honesty. I love that we do these shows in a, more, in a smaller, more intimate space and are able to connect with the audience. And we don't have to hit everything over the head. The audience is smart. They know it's supposed to be a carousel if they see the horses horse and they hear the music. And, they, you yeah. know, they, they can put it together. Yeah, it's called acting and imagination. Yeah, and know, well, film, imagination. And also, like, so the suspension of belief, you know, that people can see in the audience, like, oh, yes, I, I get that. Like, I know what they're trying to do, even though this isn't what it would look like in reality. Yeah. Well, I and mean, it fits in the space a little bit better, I think, in terms of matching with center stage. Like, center stage is very bare and yeah. minimal. It's a black box. It's yeah. a slightly, the way that I've always described it is it's a slightly wider than average black box. Yeah, yeah it's sort of a black rectangle. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. it makes sense to match with that aesthetic to uh, pare these things to down, realize. you know. And <laughs> but how- Amelie is not a show that is bare bones. Right. In, in terms of the just general aesthetic and the idea of what that show is, it's so colorful and imaginative. Uh-huh. And so we really wanted to be able to keep 
that sense of whimsy and that colorful imagination right. without making it feel like, oh, we're in a black box. Here are two chairs. This is now right. what we have. <laughs> so <laughs> Waiting for good dough. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's, it's been a balance. <laughs> and I, I honestly think we've done a pretty good job of it. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of what we've, we've and, accomplished. And what is the story like? Tell me the story in, you know, just one or two sentences. I don't think I can do that. Yes, you can. <laughs> Elevator right. pitch. You only got two floors. <laughs> Speed I can do. Length of sentences. Expect a lot of commas and run-ons. Okay, so um, it's about a girl who has learned over the course of her childhood to shut herself off from making human connections, deep human connections, real human connections with the people around her because it's easier to not try because if you try, there's always the risk that you'll fail and that people won't like you or that you'll upset people or that the relationship will be ruined. And so she has isolated herself and because of that, she's very lonely. And so she finds ways to connect with the people around her in her life anonymously, um, sending them on wild goose chases, setting them up for relationships, leaving them notes, things like that, that change their lives and makes the world around her better, mm -hmm. but doesn't really risk anything. She doesn't have to put it all out I there. See. She doesn't have to take that that jump, that leap, that one she's foot a over note the edge. Lever. She she's just scared to make that connection because it once once it's real, once it's actually happened and you've made that relationship you are responsible for it in a way. I think that there's it's not just a one moment. It's what happens after that. It's how does it uh -huh. what if you ruin it? Right. What if it's not as perfect as it was in your head when you could just pretend that it's perfect and have full control over it? It's kind of an intense psychological thing, but it's very human at the same time and very relatable, mm -hmm. I think. At least, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but I, I feel like it's very relatable. And she meets somebody who really challenges that that way of being for her, where she suddenly realizes that it's not enough, that she has to connect with him in a real way. And... It's the struggle to do that for her. She, it's, it's her, she is her own worst enemy. She is the protagonist and the antagonist. She is mm -hmm. the person who is getting in her own way to accomplish the goal of the story, which is to find that connection. Wow. So I, you know, I saw the movie, but I have to say it was long enough ago that I only remember that it was very kind of quirky and yeah. cute and the actress oh, was quirky and yeah, cute. And yeah, I kind of – when people that haven't over. seen it ask me, I tend to be like, oh, it's like Wes Anderson, but it's not Wes Ander Anderson. Oh, like it's French. that tone of being – The French Wes Anderson. Yeah, it's that tone of like very aesthetic, very um, detached and just kind of focused on that sort of quirky, weird – Folky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can see tone, why that would yeah. bring in a lot of scenographic elements or, mm -hmm. or props or. Well, and I think that it translates well to a musical because with right. the form of the musical, you have this sort of detachment from immediate reality. Yeah, there's a lot of breaking from reality in this show. And the music really helps with that. And also it helps with uh, furthering character development because in the movie, you only get to know the characters through what you see. You don't have any kind of real like internal monologue. You have some, but not not as much as you would have with being able to stop and sing and really hear about where these characters are coming from and what what motivates them. Now, the last musical I saw you guys do had a lot of dance numbers. Yes, in it. it did. <laughs> and I would say it's kind of well, I mean, the music was important too. But but what is what is the most forward element of like the musical in this musical? Singing, 
the relationship, the story. The puppetry. The puppetry. (laughs) I think, I honestly am not really sure. I feel like it's a pretty even balance. I do think that the story is stressed more than it is in the film. But I do think the aesthetic is also a really big part of it. And... And that breaking of reality, we do have puppets in this that are brilliantly designed by Christina McCarthy, who has made some really fun things. And that also allows us to break from reality and kind of enter this surreal fantasy situation where giant puppets are just – it's all imagination, you know. And it's Mm -hmm. really cool that we're able to do that with that. And she's amazing. And the puppets are great. And I love them. That's so cool. But yeah, and the music – there's a lot of music in the show. But it's not – it's not like American Idiot, which is all music. Through song, yeah. Yeah, it's not through song. There are scenes. It is punctuated by music. Um, and the music varies. Some musicals, I feel like the songs further the storyline. Some musicals, they do not. And they just kind of emphasize the things. If you cut all of the songs from the show, it would still be a story. And I think that it's sort of a combination of those two. Because there are songs that could be cut and you would still understand what's going on. But there are also songs where huge transitions happen. There's a song where Amelie leaves her home, moves to Paris, gets an apartment, and it's all in the song. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of action that happens in these songs. And it's almost more narrative in that way that Mm -hmm. happens within these songs. I see. So... And then some of the songs are entirely fantasy. Some of the songs, there's a song that the gnome sings when she, it's a giant gnome puppet that Christina McCarthy has created for us. It has got to be at least four feet tall. Ooh. And it, yeah, and, and he sings, played by Miller James, he sings this song and it's, the, in the reality of the situation, that song isn't happening. Right. But because you can see into Amelie's imagination and see the world through her eyes, you see, so I mean, really music is important the scene, the acting, the story is important. Um, there is not as much dance, but there is a lot of physicality. There's a lot of movement. So, but it's not as, as choreographed. There are a couple mm-hmm. of choreographed moments, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not a ballet <laughs> by well, any right. means. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So it, it's got a little bit of everything. Well, that sounds really interesting. The puppetry, the singing. I, and it makes me think how you were saying, you know, this, is an out-of-the-box show. What is the niche that out-of-the-box is filling in this community of Santa Barbara Theater? Well, I think a lot of it is just the, I mean, the, the, the most basic thing is contemporary musical theater. And a lot of the schools do great contemporary musical theater, but that is specifically with the students. Mm-hmm. And so this is contemporary musical theater that gives the locals in Santa Barbara that are out of out of high school, not doing theater. Some of them do theater professionally. Some do not. Some of them are your dentist and your realtor and your neighbor and people in Santa Barbara that you can see perform because this is a passion of theirs, that they mm-hmm. haven't had an opportunity to, to show off. They haven't had an opportunity to stretch that muscle in a while. Mm-hmm. But Out of the Box really tries to cast locally. This show, Amelie, is – Pretty much entirely local. The farthest from Santa Barbara we have is Nico Arce, who's playing Nino, who's from Ventura. But um, all kind of Santa Barbara area based, yeah. Hey, Maggie. Hey, Anna. You know what I could use right now? More Aperol. Yes, and a frosted cupcake. Ooh, what's your favorite flavor? Um, I like it when they get kind of crazy with the flavors. Like... 
you know, something rich, but also fruity, but also, you know, chocolatey and just out there. Have you ever had one of those out there cupcakes? You know where you should go. I'm going to I'm going to interrupt you right there because <laughs> this sounds like something a conversation I'd like to be a part of. Um because Violet Bake Shop is amazing for cupcakes that are a little bit out there. Some different flavors. We've got chocolate salted caramel mm. with homemade caramel filling, whipped caramel frosting and sea salt. We've got maple bacon pecan. I have even made buffalo chicken wing cupcakes with blue cheese frosting for Super Bowl. That That is out there. Yeah, that it is. is. I mean, if you can't decide if you want chicken wings or cupcakes, uh-huh. this is... No, you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, you don't have to choose. <laughs> don't, don't put yourself through that. And if you want to just try a flight, you can go to Corks and Crowns on Sundays where there is a flight of Violette cupcakes. Where Minis, is Corks and Crowns? Down in the funk zone. Where all the wineries are. Where all the wineries are. (laughs) You can get a flight of cupcakes with a flight of champagne. They have have three different flavors, and you can get one mini cupcake in each flavor Mm. and pair it with wine. I mean, life really doesn't get any better. They also have... like beer flights now. They have mm. a lot of different options. All right. Beer and well, cupcakes. Well, well, let's have a beer, a cupcake, a flight of champagne, an Aperol, and a jet trip That to sounds like my Cleveland. lunch. Yes, lunch. Cleveland? I don't know. Why? Why? They've got a museum of art that people really enjoy. Well, how do we get a hold of <laughs> Violette Cupcakes? <laughs> well, you can find us online. It's violettebakeshop.com. Or shoot us an email at violettebakeshop at gmail.com. And that's V-I-O-L-E-T-T-E because we're fancy and French like that. That's, who else do we have in the cast? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, let's see if I can name them all and not forget anybody. I'm sorry if I forget you. There's a lot of people. <laughs> let's see. We've, well, starting with the young Amelies, because we have two young girls in this cast, young women in this cast, and they are both phenomenal. Um, Ember Ryder and Hattie Ugaretz are both double cast in the role of young Amelie. Mm. And they really hold the show up for, I'd say, the first third of the show mm-hmm. before adult Amelie even enters the, on to the stage she, these girls hold it up and wow. are they doing the it first every third? other night? Yeah. Yes, they're, they're splitting up performance schedules because it's, it's a lot, you sure, know, especially with tech rehearsals. We run late. Um, Ember, she's such a sweetheart. She was like, my bedtime's usually 8.30. And I'm like, Aww. girl, it's like 10 o'clock right now. And your mom has not yelled at me. And so I'm just assuming that this yes. is okay. Yeah. <laughs> but they're both, they both take this so seriously. This is what they want to do. They both dance within the community. They've performed at other shows. They understand the responsibility that comes with being in a show like this. And they have been 100% invested in it. And it's it's been great to have them both involved. It's, it's We don't get to work with children very often. And it's really... It's really nice. Um, let's see. Otherwise, we've got Christian Duarte, who is a City College student, playing Lucienne and a lot of other roles. Um, the um, the Lucienne, the good-looking lug, uh, a statue, a living statue. He, yeah, he um, he also plays a pilot who died in a, a plane crash um, flying over Machu Picchu. Hmm. Um, yeah, so who else? We've got Michaela Knight, who was in our production of American Idiot. She's playing Gina, 
who is Amelie's fellow waitress at the cafe where she works. We have um, Felicia Hall, who it's her first time performing with Out of the Box, but we're really excited to work with her because she's performed in some other shows in the community. And we know that she, like, when we were casting, we're like, oh, she's done musical theater before. We should try to get her in. Mm -hmm. And she's just been wonderful to work with. And she is playing Suzanne, who owns the cafe. Um, She retired from her previous job, which was performing as a trapeze artist with the circus, after she got dropped. (laughs) Literally (laughs) dropped. Literally dropped dropped so it's the character uh, Anna not the actor (laughs) yeah she's giving me that look she has horrible she has a limp (laughs) that's what we should really be talking about like after all of these surgeries and replaced muscles and tendons parts she um one leg is shorter than the other and so she walks with a limp and she had to retire but she's opened this cafe and uses this as her Colorful characters. Yeah, to, to me. Yeah, they're all really colorful, really interesting characters. And the show allows you to view them from Amelie's perspective, which sort of gives you a sense of their backstory because she's yeah. an observer. She's a listener. Yeah. Um, let's see. We've got – so Michaela, Gina – Terry Lee, who has been in so many of our shows, and we love working with her. She's playing Georgette, who's a tobacconist, which you don't really see a lot these days in the United States, but she sells tobacco from the cafe at the counter, mm-hmm. and she is a mm-hmm. horrid hypochondriac. Like, oh. she constantly, she has lines that are hilarious and troubling at the same time. Like, I coughed up my plural mm-hmm. last night. <laughs> she's great. Terry is it's always wonderful to work <laughs> with her. Yeah. And then we've got Willie Simpson, who is mm-hmm. in our production of High Fidelity and our production of 35mm. He's playing Hippolyto, um, a tortured writer who um, goes to the cafe and spends a lot of his time there. And he also was playing Elton John, which requires a little bit of puppetry. So that's so fun. that's very fun. Um, Miller James, who is playing uh, the blind beggar, and our gnome, also requiring a little bit of puppetry. Okay. We've got Bill Egan, who's playing Raphael, Amelie's father, and also the mysterious man, who is um, somebody who kind of haunts the male protagonist, the Nino, um, is there all the time finding photos of him that are ripped up and trying to figure out who he is. Uh, we also have Deborah Bertling, who's been in quite a few of our shows, starting with Spring Awakening, I think, and then Carrie and Wild Party and Next to Normal. She's been in a lot of shows with us. She's playing Amandine, which is Amelie's mother, mm. and then plays Philomene, an airline hostess. <laughs> and so a lot of these actors are playing multiple roles. Yeah. Most of these actors are playing multiple roles. And it's challenging to be switching. And a lot of them don't have full costume changes either. They're just throwing on a hat and a shawl and suddenly they are transformed. And it's it's their responsibility to find the new physicality, to find the new uh, motivation for these characters, the voice, all of these things that make yeah. you know the character differentiated from their last character. All right, and, so let's and is that... Um, a common strategy for this show to to double or triple for cast this show, roles? yes, I think so. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the cast, so. I want to say, is thirteen people. I yeah. I could be wrong, but I people. think that's thirteen. Well, our last couple of shows have been eighteen. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for that small space. For that, yeah. Small, yeah, for space. that small space. But funny enough, I think it's because they're all doubling and they're we're all on stage. So I mean. When we did the first act one run through, I realized I didn't go off stage once Mm. because the transitions are so smooth. They just immediately transition into other scenes and and there isn't a lot of time. And I was like, I don't like there's there are props that I need to get. And it was a challenge to kind of figure things out. But because there are so many people on stage so frequently, it feels like a lot more than 13. (laughs) Um, 
So, okay, so we've got Austin Escamilla, who is playing Joseph, who is uh, Gina's rejected lover, who hangs out at the cafe, sort of stalking her and uh, recording misogynistic, inappropriate comments into his tape recorder. Uh, yeah, he's pleasant. He has fun with it, though. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> it's acting people. <laughs> and um, let's see. So we got Who else is there? Um, we've got... Rich Hogue, who I'm really excited to be working with because I remember seeing shows that he performed in at Civic Light Opera when I was a kid, mm-hmm. back when Santa Barbara Civic Light Opera mm-hmm. existed. And it's just really, he's been doing theater in Santa Barbara his entire life, and it's so amazing to have him be a part of this. He's playing Dufael, who is kind of a recluse who is shut in, who has a disease, a bone degenerative bone disorder that makes his bones very brittle and likely to break if he does even like shake somebody's hand. So his entire house is padded and he's an artist and he kind of lives in his own world, which Amelie can very much relate to. Um, we've got that. I'm, I know I'm missing people. Um, That's okay. Oh, and Nico, who I kind of mentioned, but yep. I'll talk about again. Nico um, is playing Nino. Um, the names are kind of similar, but he, <laughs> he's Amelie's love interest, somebody that she keeps running into just coincidentally, fate, mm-hmm. you know, in the train stations, because he has his form of art, current form of art, is to collect ripped up photos from the photo booths inside the subways and put them into a book, putting them, piecing them together. Um, and try to just learn about these people from what they can. And he's fascinated by that moment that time is kind of frozen in the photograph and that their lives, who are these people outside of these photographs, their lives have continued on. Are these couples still together? Are these, is, is this woman still doing this? Is there's like, you don't really know, but you just have this one moment frozen in time. Sounds very French right now. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you hoping people leave the theater with? Like... As a director, you want um, or that is always the hardest question because I think people take away what they will from theater productions, and I never want to force anything down anyone's throat. For me, what I take away from this production, what I feel when I when I perform in it, when I read it, when I see it, is the importance of connecting with the people around you. That everyone has a story, mm, mm-hmm. everyone has something that makes them unique and interesting, and affects the way that they view the world, and the importance of finding those real, true connections with the people around you, as scary as it may be, that it's important to live a life worth living, you know, to live mm-hmm. to a life worth trying to live. Like you have to take those jumps, take those leaps, and take those risks to connect with people. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's what I take away from you. You can take away whatever you want from it. <laughs> well, thank you, Sam. I think uh – I think that would be a good place to wind up. Well, first, before we go, I want to talk about the gnome Instagram scavenger hunt. Tell us yes, about yeah. that. Please. That's very yes. fun. As you know, we're trying to do something different. And this, um, we're always looking for kind of guerrilla ways to market our shows, uh, low budget, but also just kind of doing something different out of the box, you might say. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what we're doing is we've hidden five gnomes around downtown Santa Barbara. If you follow us on Instagram, it's out of the box theater. On Instagram, you can find us, and we have put clues up, pictures okay. of things that uh, will lead you visual to the location. Cues. Yeah, visual cues. And if you go there to these locations, you will probably find the gnome. Take a picture, tag us, and you will be entered to win two free tickets for nice. the performance of your choice. 
The deadline is November 9th at noon, at which point we will be figuring out who our winner is. Um, yeah, and you can enter up to five times. If you, there are five gnomes hidden, if you find all five, you get five chances to win tickets. So awesome. y'all should. And it really fits the tone of the, the story, I think. The idea of like, go outside, meet people, interact, get off your couch, yeah. go to these do places, something do, do something yeah. interesting, and yeah, kind of follow, follow the clues, yeah. be led into some kind of adventure, yeah, yeah. and, and you might be rewarded. Yeah, yeah, we try. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Thank you, awesome. Sam. Well, thank you. Give us thank the information you. one more time. Absolutely. This is Amelie the Musical. And it will be performed at Center Stage Theater November 9th through the 18th. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday and Saturday at 8 p.m., Sunday at 2 p.m. And you can find more information by visiting our website at outoftheboxtheater.org. And that's T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Or you can call the Center Stage Theater box office at 805-963-0408. Well, I'm going to write a review of Amelie after I see it. Fantastic. I'm excited to hear your thoughts as always. Thank you. And next week, I hope you get to see Vanity Fair at UCSB. I am seeing it on the 14th. Oh, okay. I'm very excited. And so, yeah, for those of you out there, you should also check out Vanity Fair at UCSB by Adopted by Kate Hamill and directed by Tom Whitaker. Yeah, we just saw Pride and Prejudice, also by Kay Hamill, right. which was done uh, at Westmont, directed by Mitchell Thomas, which was excellent. Very, very, very yes. good. Very so good. I'm really looking forward to more, all the more Kay Hamill in my life. Yeah, let's see that. So let's thank today our producer, David Paris. Thank you, David Paris. And music by Miles Austin. And check us out on the social media, and also get those gnome photos and send them to Out of the Box on Instagram.